choosing to listen to Coffee with Katie and Kick-Ass Women. I'm your host, Katie Myers, and I have a very important update to make about this podcast, but we'll save that for a little bit later on because I cannot wait for you to hear today's podcast guest. Today, we are sharing the story behind the social butterfly gal. If you live in or around San Antonio, you've probably seen Christina Giovanna Olivares pop up on social media or just collaborating around town. She works with businesses to create some killer social media campaigns, has a support and learning group called the Swarm Society, and she just launched a women's conference called Hustle and Socialize with her best friend. I was there and it was Pretty amazing to see so many women in one place with the same goal in mind to support each other, to learn, and to create. It's a fact Christina is saying yes to herself, but she had to hear a lot of no's before she could get to this point. And that's where we're going to pick up on today's podcast. We met up last weekend to record live in front of an audience for the very first time. They step in to ask Christina some pretty amazing questions. So you're going to want to stick around to the end to hear them. They take over the microphone. So without further ado, grab a cup of coffee and join me for Coffee with Katie and the social butterfly gal, Christina Giovanna Olivares. Miss Christina. Hi, Katie. Hi. Hi, everybody. Oh, my gosh. I can't <laughs> believe everyone's here. This is so fun. It is fun. So a couple years ago, you graduated college with a degree in broadcast journalism. Yes. Bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. I'm ready to be on TV. Hello, world. Here I am. Yeah. And you get hit with like no after no. Ten no's, After maybe? no. Yeah. Tell me about the last no that you heard that made you decide to start saying yes to yourself. Okay, so I'm going to give a little bit of a backstory. Um, I graduated from high school in 2009, and when I was a little kid, I knew I wanted to be like on Good Morning America. I knew I wanted to be on E. I would record, my parents like gave me a camcorder, one of those 90s camcorders, right? And I would create my own like little shows. And I knew very on that I was meant to be on TV. And so when I got into college, I just as social butterfly as I am, I was heavily involved with all these media organizations. I started my own show called La Bea Vida, which was a syndicated talk show, vibe show for students um, in the Latino community at Texas State University. I did every single internship that you could do. I was at Ken's Five. I interned at my hometown in the Valley. And then um, I got an internship with WOAI and it was for um, SA Living. And I was on for about a year. So when I graduated, I graduated college three years. So I went through college real fast. And I just did all these interviews. I wanted, I knew San Antonio was going to be my home. I really love San Antonio mm -hmm. compared to Austin. And so I interviewed at Ken's Five. I interviewed like almost every single station, again, WAI. And then I saw this cool um, job posting for a new TV show that was coming to San Antonio. Hint, hint, hint. hint Any hint, guesses hint. what it was? Hint, hint, hint. <laughs> they were looking for MMJs, which is multimedia journalists. Mm -hmm. And I knew it. I was like, oh my goodness, I need to send them my demo reel. And immediately I sent them my demo reel and within maybe 48 hours, I got a response back. 
And first they wanted me to send in a couple of things before I got to the next round. And when I got to the next round, it was an actual interview for this new TV show called SA Live. Mind you, Katie was not here at this point. This was another, um, I guess it was another, another round of people that were going to do it. It was a, two different producers. I got to interview with Fiona, did not get to interview with the other person that was on before. Right. Um, but it was this new TV show. And I went in and I was just like, be authentic. That's one thing that I've learned is just be authentic. Mm -hmm. um, and it was a great interview. I mean, Fiona and I were vibing, but they didn't say exactly what I was going to do because mm -hmm. the MMJ position um, was going to be sort of a reporter, not so much on the show, like, you know, being an anchor because hello, <laughs> <laughs> you have to have credibility before you do that. And I remember calling my parents and was like, oh my gosh, like, first off, Shout out. I love KSAT. Like, KSAT is one of my favorite um, TV stations. I don't really watch and the other an ones. ABC it's an ABC affiliate, and I'm super obsessed jam. with ABC. Um, I was an ABC girl growing up. And so I left that interview like, like, okay, this is it. You know, like, I got it. And I didn't hear anything. Um, so what I did was I went the extra mile, and I emailed the person that was in charge and just be like, hey, just want to follow up, you know, like, just want to follow up. Here is an extra clip if you need an extra clip. And nothing. It wasn't until about maybe three weeks after that interview that I was on Facebook and I found out who the people were going to be on Facebook. I didn't even get like a rejection. Just completely ghosted you. Just completely ghosted mm -hmm. me. And I was like, you know what? I'm so tired of... Um, interviewing like and my husband who was my boyfriend at the time he was like I don't want to burst your bubble but have you ever thought that maybe television is not what you're meant to do and what for was your response to oh that my God. Like, I was like what? can you not like what like what I'm meant to be on tv like what are you talking about like no um and it wasn't until one night where I was, I felt like a failure. I mean, I had, I, I left the valley telling everyone that I was going to be on TV. And, but I didn't know what type of reporter I wanted to be because mm -hmm. I wasn't fixated on your regular reporting. I didn't want to go to Abilene. fit in the box. I didn't fit in the box. I didn't mm -hmm. want to go to Abilene. I didn't want to go to West Texas. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be on like a lifestyle show. Mm -hmm. And one night, um, I had no idea I felt really like a failure. I was like, oh my God, am I gonna have to go back home? And somebody who lives in the Valley who came up here, you don't wanna go back home. <laughs> you want to you know, be up here. And my best friend, who you will learn a little bit more about in the podcast, she told me, um, what if you, you can't find a job and that's because it doesn't exist? So you know, go create it. And when she said that to me, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, mm -hmm. what do you mean it doesn't exist? And then from pe people were telling me, have you thought about PR? You have like a great personality. It's very, you know, like you get to market. And I think maybe I was more in love. I mean, when I think about my childhood and think about the way I was really involved with television, mm -hmm. I think I was more in love with the PR aspect, the marketing. I was really in, I really had a love for the way they would market the promos for ABC and mm -hmm. like the TCAs, I'm right. the Television Critics Association. Like I'm telling you, I'm a TV buff mm -hmm. and I could talk about television all the time, but I think I was more in love with the fact of the way they were, the psychology behind the promos and everything. Yeah. And so I said, you know what? Maybe me trying to get involved in television is just, Maybe that's not my thing. Maybe I need to go into PR. Mm -hmm. And so 
that night, that was actually, let's see, it's July 20, what, 9th, right? Or July 28th. I don't know what day it is. It actually happened at this second, at this moment four years ago. Today? Today, around this time, I made the switch to go into PR. And then from there, everything just changed for yeah. the better. Yeah. yeah. So we all see you about town now, you yeah. know, at all the different events. And of course, we see you on social media and you have a great community and a great following. But back then, four years ago, when you decided to make the switch, mm -hmm. you, you didn't have that community yet. No. So what were the early days of the social, the social butterfly girl like? Okay, so the cool thing is, is I had these internships, right, at these TV stations. And I'm sort of indifferent about what they tell you about internships because it did not work for me. Um, but what did work was I was able to keep these relationships with certain people mm -hmm. that were on. So I was an intern um, at SA Living, and the, the guests that would come on the show, I would mic them up, and I would get to hear their story. And mm -hmm. so I kept in touch with maybe about three or four of the guests that were on the show. And because I had that, so like my first job here in San Antonio was called uh, Stone Oak Info. I was a news and video content director for this little tiny startup in Stone Oak. And I was basically going out and recording little commercials for the different businesses in Stone Oak. And I was doing their social media. I was doing like blogging, even though back then it was not really called blogging. Um, but I was doing all that. And so I was able to meet people in the community. And one thing that really helped me was the fact that I had these relationships. And so I, when Social Butterfly Gal got started, I took a public relations job with a little tiny startup. And I was, I started Social Butterfly Gal because I really wanted to document what I was doing in my PR um, job mm -hmm. because I felt like, well, if I'm using my skills, they're going to see that I'm very committed and I'm determined. So they're going to want to really hire me full time. Mm -hmm. So I was like, let's get this thing going. And, and so I was able to really, anytime we would go. So I got the, I got the opportunity to work for the fashion week. It's like San Antonio fashion week. And I was able to really network with all these women. Mm. And from there, I just like kept those relationships going. And because I had those relationships going, people would just start, you know, introducing me, networking. introducing me, and just networking. I was My parents would always say to me, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Right. Yeah. And I never believed them until I finally got like my first job and... I got my first job because of somebody that I knew. I got my second job because of somebody that I knew. Mm -hmm. I got my third job because of somebody that I knew. Yeah. And it's still that way. And um, every time I travel, mm -hmm. I always try and set up meetings with other professionals in those cities mm -hmm. just to meet them. Yeah. Just to know, like, not with any intention other than trying to get to know them. And and at that point, I mean, Social Butterfly Gal was not even going to be a business. Like, mm -hmm. it, I, didn't, I didn't have that... It, at, at the top of my head. Yeah. I mean, Social Butterfly Gal was just a blog, and it was um, every single... So when I was working with the PR company, it was called Bell and Bold PR, and one of the one of the ladies that was kind of the co-founder, she went to Texas State, so we really bonded there. Mm -hmm. And so really what I was doing was after every single event that we would you know do, I would blog about it. Mm -hmm. And um, I developed a following because I was sharing, and 
a lot of my parents' friends in the Valley thought it was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. They were like, hey, this girl's doing, you know, like she's going to all these events, mm -hmm. you know. And so I was able to develop that following. And really, I wanted to get hired by them mm -hmm. because I was like, oh, again, I never thought I was going to start a business. Yeah. Um, and so I was able to just like really hone in on my skills, which was social media. And at that time, this is 2013, 14, mm -hmm. social media wasn't even near what it is now. I mean, right. businesses were not really using it. Mm -hmm. um, social media, I, mean, I believe Snapchat had just launched in 2013. Instagram had just added video as right. well. I mean, it was completely different. And so I was just like, you know, I'm going to use SBG to just hone in. And then I found out that the two girls that owned that public relations firm were splitting up. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, great, back to the job board, <laughs> like back to, you know, and so I started to apply for public relations jobs and the same thing. No, no, no. And at that point, the girl that was working for Bell and Bold, she said, you know, I'm going, I'm going to go on my own mm -hmm. and I want you to come along. I'm not, I can't really pay you a lot, uh -oh. but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can't really pay you a lot, but I want you to become like my admin assistant. So mm -hmm. I said, fine. I took a receptionist job as a part-time job. And I said, I'm going to give you my all, whatever you can give me money wise, I'll take it. I don't mm -hmm. care. And then from there, it ended up to where I was becoming her social media manager for her clients. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I, I had like I think six or seven clients that I was doing social media for. And mm -hmm. it was enough. She was paying me enough that I could leave my PR, I mean, my receptionist job. Nice. And then she said, I'm engaged. Mm. And I was like, Ooh, oh, cool. What does that mean? She was moving to Austin. Oh, great. So we had to have that hard discussion of what's going to happen. And that was when I decided, you know what? I think I could do this on my own. Mm -hmm. I think I have the following. I think I have like the skills and she really trained me to do it on my own. So in kind I, of a mentor to you, very a mentor. I love mm -hmm. her. She is, she's one amazing lady. And she, what was, what was so interesting. And I think what I've learned throughout all the no's was that you only need that one person to see and to have confidence in your abilities. Yes. I think it was so difficult for me because I didn't fit into the box of what a reporter should look like. Mm -hmm. I was very vibrant and very kind of like, the, I don't, you know, like I'm going to do what I want to. I was very authentic. And I think this is just my personal opinion, but what I was learning in, in class at Texas State, I don't think they tell you the behind the scenes of the business side they of don't. the television industry. No, they don't. And I think what was so difficult was I had this obsession and love of the fantasy of what a reporter or an entertainment reporter would look like. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know, of course there's hard work, but mm -hmm. I didn't know that you get fired, you get laid off. Like people, I mean, it's happened here there's in town. Salary, there's, there's salary caps. You don't get paid yeah. <laughs> very much at all when you work in television. Right. People and don't realize that. People don't realize mm -hmm. that. And I think that was my thing was I was in love with something that just didn't exist. It's and true. I didn't want to accept the fact because in my head I was like, no, I'm going to be the next, like, you know, like Oprah or mm -hmm. I and and I felt that that's kind of what clouded my okay maybe you know maybe this is not really what I want to do right and that was really hard for me to realize that the one thing that I really wanted to do with my life was not really what was mm -hmm. meant for me you had those blinders on mm -hmm. you were like this is it and as yeah. soon as you took the blinders off and were like 
oh, there's all of these other possibilities out there. It and, started the wheels turning. And like my childhood as well. I'm, I'm from the Rio Grande Valley. I don't know if you guys know where the Rio Grande Valley is, but it's really south, like down south, mm -hmm. right near the border. Mexico is right, Mexico is my home. I mean, like five minutes away is Mexico. It's very close-minded down there. Um, if you stay in the valley, I mean, you if you leave, it's like, wow, you made it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I don't think that when I was in the valley, I don't think I knew the possibilities of what the world had to offer and right. the confidence that I had within myself. If you were to have met me 10 years ago, you would have never thought that mm -hmm. this is what I was going to be. I was very just lazy. I didn't have confidence and I struggle a lot with anxiety and, and depression and like I'm a very big profession perfectionist and type A and so um, I think when Social Butterfly Gal was getting started, it was very weird to people around me. Like, what are you doing? Why aren't right. you not going to what society is telling you to do? Like, mm -hmm. you know, what, what you're taught at a young age. You're mm -hmm. supposed to go to college, and then you get a job, and then you get married. And mm -hmm. it's like, boom, boom, boom. And that mm -hmm. wasn't what I was doing. Yeah. And it scared a lot of people. The timelines are <laughs> yeah. what you set up for yourself are always going to disappoint you. So the anxiety and the depression and the struggle and the hustle – all those are happening to you in the beginning. Yeah. Four years later, three years later, still happening? Um, I think it's tamed a little bit. I think what is so interesting about entrepreneurship is that it is always changing. You always, you are never the same person. Your business is never the same. And I started Social Butterfly Out just as a blog and I was categorized in the influencer, like the blogger world. Right. And what was confusing a lot of people was because I was part of that blogger world, people didn't really know that I was a business owner. You know, like I actually do social media strategy and social media management. And mm -hmm. so like I do social media campaigns. And so it was very hard in the beginning because I would get offered these, oh, well, we're opening a new boutique. We want you to mm -hmm. come out. And I'm like, that's not what I do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and I would take those opportunities so I can meet people. Um, and then it wasn't until maybe about 2016 that I rebranded and I stopped going to all those things. Mm -hmm. And then even in 2017, I mean, my business is not the same. It yeah. is... I feel Even you said from the beginning of this year to now. Oh my God, within six months, like from from January of 2018 to now, my business has changed maybe like five or six times mm -hmm. because it's I've grown so much and then I've got to experience a lot of things. I would say maybe my my anxiety is not as bad, but I still have fear. Mm -hmm. I can't let go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I wish I could be able to let go. Right. And I feel that sometimes I have to control things because I'm a huge control freak. Same. That I have to control the way um, this is like a client is supposed to be, mm -hmm. or maybe this is what I meant to be. And a huge lesson in that was our conference that we did. Mm -hmm. um, I really learned a lot about myself and a lot about what um, just going and doing yeah. and not, you know, not being that. So I say it's, it's not as much as, I mean, in the beginning I was so scared. I was having mm -hmm. panic attacks. I was, and it is a too, you know, money yeah. security, yeah. you know, like you're, you're luckily, thankfully I was my, my dad, when I told my parents that I was thinking about going to start my own business, um, my dad is an attorney. And so he was like, we're setting you up with an LLC. 
So I was very fortunate to where I didn't have to worry right. about, well, what is this? I mean, he got on the phone with the Secretary of State and mm -hmm. was like, your papers are drafted. And right. I was like, what? What does that mean? I mean, I, I had to educate myself on what an LLC meant. What does that mean taxes-wise? You, know, right. you know, like, I was really fortunate to have supportive parents that in the beginning, I didn't have to take out a loan. Mm -hmm. I'm an only child, so it was really, it was very comforting to know that they had my back. Mm -hmm. And so... In the beginning, when I was needing that extra funding, mm -hmm. they were very gracious enough to say, "This is if that's what you're meant to do, mm -hmm. then we'll support you." And I and, and I know now, especially as I've gotten older, um, I've really appreciated that because mm -hmm. parents. I mean, some parents they're like, "You're crazy. What? Go get a job," you know. But when I told my parents, and I think they kind of knew, like this girl's meant for something bigger. I don't, I, I could already tell that my parents knew if that's what you want to do, go and do it. Right. And I think like their support throughout that has really helped social butterfly gal get to where they need to be. Do you think that they gave you that entrepreneurial spirit too? Is that, or do you think there's a certain person in your life that really taught you how to do that or I think YouTube? I'm, <laughs> no. Um, so Michelle Vallejo, who is my best friend, she's also the co-founder of Hustle and Socialize, our conference. And you guys grew up together. We grew up together in, in the Valley. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm from Mission, Texas, again, in the Valley. Mm -hmm. And I met her at 10 years old. And her family is uh, entrepreneurs. They owned a big flea market in the, it's a pulga. <laughs> they own a, a flea market in the valley. And so when I was growing up, I was surrounded because I would go help her mm -hmm. um, during the weekends. We would go, I would, if I was going to go over to her house, she would be like, hey, I'm working today. Can you help me? And so I would sell nachos to like, you know, these, these people that were shopping. I was selling and it was hard because they all spoke Spanish. So, I mean, I speak Spanish, but I'm not like, let's be real. I'm not really where I need to be. And so right. I was learning how to count in Spanish, giving money whenever they would, you know, it's like they would give me a $20 bill. And she was, I mean, at a young age, I wanted to go to New York. I wanted to live in New York. As you guys knew, like, I'm a huge Britney Spears fan and I would choreograph these dances. I yes. thought I was meant to be on Juilliard. I mean, I was it's like, not too late. Yeah, it's never too late. It's not too late. Um, and in fact, Pete and I have said, Pete, my husband, we were like, let's just go live in New York for like a year, mm -hmm. you know? Um, that's something we want. But I think my parents, like, I think because I was an only child mm -hmm. and I think they just wanted me to be happy. Yeah. Ultimately. Like, I think they were like, if that's what you want to do, then go mm -hmm. do it. Yeah. <laughs> and Michelle was my force because I got to be around entrepreneurs. And I think she kind of taught me what an entrepreneurial mindset was yeah. and her and I it's really funny she was the one who went off to New York she mm -hmm. went to Columbia University ah. and I stayed at Texas State and I would go visit her a lot when we were in college and her and I actually were going through some of the same issues it's like if you guys watch Grey's Anatomy you know how Meredith and Christina are where they kind of go through the same things together they're a parallel yeah that's how Michelle and I are so which one of you is Meredith and which one is I'm I'm Meredith she's Christina okay totally she All is right. the Christina Christina Yang. All right. Um, and so she, 
she kind of molded me really into mm-hmm. thinking of an, being an entrepreneur because her herself, she she's like a crazy, like I always, sometimes I don't understand her life because she she travels and she lives in the Valley. She, she lives still, in the Valley. And isn't she in the nonprofit sector? No, she, she works full time with her flea okay. market mm-hmm. and then she still has a job in New York. So she'll okay. go to New York and then she's got hustle here mm-hmm. and now she's building a community here mm-hmm. in San Antonio. And so I feel like having her as my best friend because I did not have siblings, mm-hmm. she is ultimately my sister mm-hmm. I was really um, influenced and really saw that there you can think bigger yeah. you can think bigger mm-hmm. than what and when I got those no's I mean I'm not I'm being serious like when I got the first no from Ken's five um, and I already knew that interview was going south like yeah, in, the, in the interview I was like ooh, I don't think my brand like I didn't know what a brand was but mm-hmm. I kind of knew like I don't think that's what I want to do. Right. And I didn't love it so much to say, hey, I'm going to sacrifice this and Mm -hmm. do it. And I think after that interview um, and the one with WOAI, I think it was just like, you know what? Yeah, I don't don't think this is what I meant to do. Mm -hmm. And she was the one that was like, yo, start your stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, start it. Just do it. Shout out to Michelle. Dude, for real. Shout out to the BFFs. (laughs) Y'all have BFFs? Yeah. BFFs, yeah. Yeah. And in business and life, they're always there for you. We, like, I, I really feel she was put in my life for a reason. Mm-hmm. and No we, such thing as coincidence. Yeah, we sat next to each other in fifth grade. We mm-hmm. do say, like, 9-11 pushed us together because we experienced 9-11 together as children. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, we were polar opposites. Mm-hmm. But we fit so well. The yin and the yang. The yin and the yang, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was really, when I was starting SBG, I mean, she, she was helping me mold what SBG is and thinking, helping me to think about like my brand because mm-hmm. it's not just a business. It is a brand. I'm creating something that's going to last for more than 20 years. I, whenever God willing, I have kids. If my future daughter wants to take this or, you know, like it, I'm creating something, not just something right now. I'm right. creating a long lasting yeah. thing. Yeah. So Michelle is not just your BFF. Now she's your business partner. She is. And I'm so excited because just a few weeks ago you had the first hustle and socialize conference, which mm-hmm. was a conference for women business owners mm-hmm. and just kind of, um, women professionals in general. Right. Um, and it was a blast. Thanks. I was so proud of you to bring <gasps> everybody together. It was like a hundred women, yeah, more 120, than 120, 120. And I just want to say full disclosure, we started, well, I mean, we started planning this a year ago, but we didn't get the word out we started in April. So from April to June, we were able to sell out a conference. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah. So how did it feel when you were standing up there? And to your credit, I mean, you let everybody lead that day. You had a bunch of professionals there and you gave them the platform to spread their knowledge. But, you know, being there, seeing everybody, learning, taking notes, taking pictures together, being crazy on social media. Mm-hmm. How did that feel that you kind of brought everybody together on that day? It was so just literally that day was, oh, this is why the nose, this is why there was nose in my life. Like, this is why things happen for a reason. When I started the Social Butterfly Gal, um, I when I transitioned it into a business, I was working with a business coach. And one thing she had asked me when we were working together was, where do you see Social Butterfly Gal in five years? And that's like always the question. And I hate that question sometimes because it's like life never goes according to plan. next minute? Right. Tomorrow? Life never goes according to plan. But mm-hmm. I told her, I said, I want to host a conference. I wanted it to be a conference. Five years ago? This was in 20... 20- 15. 
Oh, wow. Okay, so this was, well, no, I'm sorry, 2016. This is 2016 because I started working with Chi Chi in 2016. Um, and she was a business coach out of London. So like Social Butterfly Gal launched in 2015, mm -hmm. but I didn't go full time until 2016. Mm -hmm. So in 2016, when I was working with her, she had asked me, where do you see SBG in five years? And I said, well, I want to host a conference and want to be for, I want it to be a women's conference. I don't know any details about that, but... Mm -hmm. I know that's what I want to do because I'm very passionate about empowering women because what I've seen growing up in the Valley is that, um, especially if you're in a Hispanic household, right. you don't really find that. It's the, the, tr the Hispanic traditions, the men lead. Yeah. That is definitely something that I want to ask you yeah. because a lot, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Mm -hmm. A lot of my listeners are not from San Antonio. Mm -hmm. That is so foreign to me. And one thing that I noticed just being surrounded by power, my, my grandma was a very powerful force in my life. Mm -hmm. And she passed away in January of 2017. And she was my rock. And I saw how strong she was. And I knew with this conference, I just, part of SBG's mission is not only just social media, but it's also to empower women. Mm -hmm. And I have a love for that because That's I feel- That's your passion project. That is my really big passion project. Mm -hmm. And so when I, when I got, you know, with Chi Chi and I was telling her about this conference, I told Michelle about it because Michelle, again, she's always been involved with Social Butterfly Gal. Yep. <laughs> and she was like, we're going to make this happen. And I was like, really? Because I knew I couldn't. That's one thing we all need to recognize is we cannot really do this alone. We need we need that support system. We're better together. We're better than together we than we are alone. And I think as women, it's so hard because a lot. One thing that we've learned from the conference is that women have been burned by other women. Mm -hmm. And um, I think a lot of us too grew up being burned by other women. Yes. Right. Or yeah. looking at other women with jealousy. Or, yeah. Instead of looking at them and being like, oh, great, they're so awesome and let me support them, you're like, that bitch. Yeah, and that was one you thing know? about Michelle, our friendship, is we've never been like that. Mm -hmm. When she got to Columbia, I was like, hell yeah, that gives me a reason to go to New York, right? right. Like, Not like, but, oh, I was supposed to be in New right. York. That's and, the opposite. And, and when she, I mean, she was like all these things with her student council and everything. I mean, it was just like great. So when we started talking about it, I said, let's, let's do it in 2017. Mm -hmm. Like, let's do this. Well, I got a little too ambitious because I ended up getting engaged and our wedding was in 2017. Right. So it was like, well, can I do a conference and plan a wedding mm -hmm. in like a year? And for a while, it was pretty cool. I mean, for a while, it really, it kind of worked out. This. We're doing this. And then my dad got into a car accident, and it was a minor car accident. And he ended up, um, two weeks after the, after the car accident, he, his brain was bleeding. Mm -hmm. And he had a concussion. Luckily, thank the Lord, nothing happened. Right. He was, they stopped the bleed on time. And he was in the, in the hospital for about like six, seven days. Yeah. He didn't suffer any memory loss. Um, he it was, could have been it a could lot have been a lot worse. Was. He was, I, I would say he was sort of back to, you know, like back to work within two months, three months. Mm -hmm. But, but that you also mentioned that that specific incident taught you a lot mm -hmm. about empowering yourself as a woman. Yeah. Because you watched your mom go through that and yeah. you were like, oh, shoot, like I'm getting married. Yeah. I need to make sure I can handle something like this. My my dad was always the person that handled finances, you know, mm -hmm. everything. And when that incident happened, I was like, crap, like I have to be I, I, I was woke. Like I woke, right? Like I became woke. <laughs> Hashtag woke. Hashtag woke. I was like, 
holy shit, I have to go and I need to read all these finance books. Mm -hmm. I need to surround myself with financial advisors because not only did this happen to my dad, but my husband has a heart condition. He has hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Say that three times fast. Hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. (laughs) And it causes sudden death. And I knew, like, going into getting married, like, whoa, I need to be, I need to empower myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And so back to the conference, like, so all these things were happening. And I was getting married. And my my wedding was huge. We had, like, close to maybe 500 guests. I mean, it was insane. Mm -hmm. And Michelle. Go figure, the social butterfly gal has a (laughs) 500-person wedding. (laughs) And so Michelle and I were like, you know what? Um, We can't do it. We can't do it this year. And failure to, or, like, not just failure, but like saying no. <laughs> I have a problem with no's. I think we all do. Learning that like that was not going to happen yeah. was just like crap. I told everybody. I never set a specific date for this conference, but I told everybody we were doing a conference. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? Are we failures? Did we fail? Yeah. But that's part of the pivoting mm-hmm. that we had to learn. We It was a blessing that that conference, which was supposed to happen September 23rd, 2017, it was a blessing that it didn't happen. Right. Because a couple months later, the Me Too movement happened. Mm-hmm. And it was like, whoa, this is something bigger mm-hmm. than what we thought mm-hmm. this conference could be. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, you know what? We need to get on board. And so in 2018, we said we're doing this June 23rd. And no hold, no hold barred. Like yeah. we're doing it. We're no matter doing what it. happens, no matter happening. what happens, it's happening. Mm-hmm. And so, um, one thing that we learned throughout that process of the conference was, you can't wait until it's perfect. There's no such thing as perfection. Mm-hmm. Like I, I struggle with that a lot because I am such a detailed perfectionist, and everything has to be right, y'all. When we launched, like full disclosure, when we launched that conference, we only had one speaker. And everyone was like, oh, my God. We had our keynote. We booked our keynote. We booked our venue. Mm-hmm. Everything leading up to that moment was just by the grace of amazing women who mm-hmm. are willing to step up and say. Support each other. Yeah. We have people you could connect to. Mm-hmm. We sold out on our early bird tickets within a week. Yeah. And that's because we only revealed one speaker. Yeah. <laughs> it's and amazing. Your speaker, your keynote speaker, uh, this is a fun story. Uh, Christian is actually on the podcast tomorrow. So if yeah. y'all listen to Christian, um, she's an amazing uh, business owner, PR professional in town. But uh, she actually asked to do that keynote. Yeah. And that I am, it was a huge takeaway for me because we don't often ask for the things that we want. No. We sit and wait for people to give them to us. Right. Whereas men, they're like, give me this, I want that, I want that, I want that. And that's just something I've learned in, you know, talking with you, talking with Christian. It's okay to be like, hey, do you need a speaker? Yeah. For this event? Well, I I give really <laughs> props to Marcella because um so Marcella's sitting here in our little audience, but um she was very like I want to be a speaker. Mm -hmm. I want to do this. And that actually inspired me because I feel like one thing about social media in my business, so like my brand is so many things. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, I have Swarm Society. I have Hustle and Socialize. I have my actual social media clients. And one thing this year that I'm starting to do is I'm starting to go for the bigger contracts. Mm -hmm. And Marcella really inspired me because there was a client that I really wanted to go after and I got it by the way, but there was a client I really wanted it is. I don't know if I can. Okay. So, um, and so I really wanted, I really wanted to go 
for this client and <laughs> huge client. It's a huge, huge client. client. Can't say it, but it's gonna be awesome. And I was ballsy to say, yo, this is what this is what I can do for you. Mm-hmm. And I think having Marcel, like Marcella, she insta- like she DM'd us on Instagram and was like, I would love to be a speaker for mm-hmm. the, the conference. And I was like, oh my gosh. Um, and it's the same thing with all of our women that was part of the conference. Christian gave us like four different women. Mm-hmm. And one of the goals that we really wanted with Hustle and Socialize was we wanted to be a diverse conference. Right. I've been to so many events in San Antonio, which I think is hilarious because San Antonio, San Antonio, but I've been to so many events where I'm not being represented. Mm-hmm. And I knew that going into Hustle and Socialize, I wanted everybody to be represented. Yep. African-American, Hispanics, you know, Anglos, like we are a diverse city and mm-hmm. it's time we really step up and talk about that because Absolutely. anytime I go to a women's entrepreneur event there was one organization I went to and I looked around the room and I was like there's only two Hispanics mm-hmm. in this room how is this possible and I even tweeted I was like this is weird mm-hmm. like I'm in San Antonio Texas how are there only two Hispanic business owners in this room. It takes a little more work when you're organizing something or when you own a business or when, like just even in doing this podcast Mm -hmm. or doing a television show to just go with what comes your way. But you have to work a little harder to find diversity sometimes. You do, you do. But you have to. Yeah. It's it's a requirement as far as I'm concerned. If I'm just hiring males Mm -hmm. to do my job, where am I do the jobs that are needed, I'm not empowering women. Right. Even going as far as saying, I need a computer technician. Mm -hmm. Okay, well, why don't I try and hire a minority? Mm -hmm. Like, and it might not be the first Google search that comes up, that one pops up. You might have to work a little harder, but you are going to be empowering somebody when you do that. And when we were looking for a keynote, I... I love Christian. I mean, um, I met her when I was interning. Um, and so I just knew like this woman has things to say mm-hmm. and I wanted to share just like you with this podcast. I wanted to have, I wanted her to have a platform to share what she needs to share because all the things that she has to share is valuable. Mm-hmm. And even to the organizers, I mean, we learned a lot from Christian's story mm-hmm. and it was so amazing because as soon as we got Christian on board as a keynote, she gave us five women that needed this conference. They were like, we want to help. And that's Mm -hmm. how it just really came about was women really supporting women, women helping other women, women being ready to step up and say, no, we want, we want this, you know? So like that day was so just so emotional. I think I cried maybe about three times. You were in the bathroom. Whenever I was like, where's Christina? She was was, over in a corner crying. I I remember just (laughs) seeing everyone's faces and was like, wow like the power of women and the power of social media and the power of doing, because Mm -hmm. you can dream, right? I dreamt, like, I want to have a conference, but we really worked our asses off. And Mm -hmm. we were like, no, this dream does not need to stay in our heads. This dream needs to happen. Mm -hmm. This dream needs to like go forward. Yeah. Hashtag Mm -hmm. do more. Yeah. Okay. So I just have one last question um, and then we'll kind of open it up. Well, I've got some like rapid fire questions. Say it, say it. Okay, so uh, we when we were two weeks ago, I called you and was like, hey, do you want to do this thing? And you were like, yeah, let's do it. Didn't even ask twice when I was like, yeah. uh, I've only had a podcast for a month, but maybe I could get some people in a room. <laughs> and then here they all are. Like so um, but you said to me, you know, after talking about pivoting, which you've mentioned a couple times here, about the struggle of owning a business. Mm-hmm. 
I said, you know, Christina, when is enough going to be enough for you? Like, when are you going to leave this and get a full-time job? Like, when are you going to take the next step? And you told me flat out, no hesitation, there is no plan B. This is the only plan. Mm -hmm. And in doing the podcast, it's been so hard and planning and all that stuff, but I've always, I just told myself since then, there is no plan B. Yeah. This is my only plan. Yeah. And that mentality, I think, is just so crucial for succeeding in no matter what you're doing. Right. And with Social Butterfly Gal, social media-wise, there's so much education that needs to be taught about social media. It's not just, let me post a picture and we're cool. It's strategy, it's learning, it's your audience and Mm -hmm. the psychology behind what they like. And I felt like in the beginning of my business, I could, I got away with um, charging not really that much. And all the experience that I have now, I charge, you know, in the thousands. Mm -hmm. And I still get people that don't value the fact that I charge that much. Mm -hmm. And when I, now I'm starting to get comfortable with saying, this is why this is going to be X amount of money. And it's because of my experience. It's because of the research that goes behind it. It's because of the time and the value. And social media is not a quick, like, oh, I'm going to make tons of money. Right. Social media takes time. Mm-hmm. It could take months. It could take a year. Mm-hmm. And I feel like with my business, I mean, there have been months where I'm like, crap, how am I going to get through this month? And then I've had those months where I'm like, wow, like what? And I've pivoted a lot because I had always said, so when I started Social Butterfly Gal, I was managing. I was doing social media management. Mm -hmm. And then in 2017, I stopped and I was doing more strategy. And then I was learning with a lot of my clients that, you know, social media strategy, I could teach someone how to do it, but they have to do it. Mm -hmm. And they're spending tons of money on me and they're not even doing it. And it makes me look like I'm not a good teacher. They don't have that. They um, don't have the the results. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I said, it wasn't until a a client who I got now, Mm -hmm. but the client that I was working with at the time, I realized, you know, another thing that you realize is like, I'm really great at what I do. Mm -hmm. And maybe I could have two or three clients and charge more, have a smaller amount of clients, and I stay with their brand for longer than just a six month contract, mm-hmm. which is what happened. Uh, you know, like one of the clients that I got, it's this, the next year's a test year, but if it's a, if we do great, it's a three year contract. Mm-hmm. And so I learned like, as much as I didn't want to manage social media, instead let's pivot and let's think about social media for campaigns mm-hmm. where a, uh, I work with a client for a bigger contract and I help strategize their social media. I have help execute it. Social media for events. Um, (laughs) Social media for events where the client hires me and I create a whole entire strategy for the event. And then I do social media for the event. So I was starting to pivot and think about, you know, and then launching Swarm Society. So if if you guys don't know what that is, Swarm Society is my membership community. It's $35 a month and women get to be in a private Facebook group. Plus we have in-person workshops. Mm -hmm. 
and they're all about professional and personal development. And we have workshops every second Monday of the month at Launch SA. And I wanted to launch that as sort of a service because a lot of the people that wanted to work with me, they couldn't afford my, you know, my thousand yeah. dollar packages. So I said, they well, they can't afford your thousand dollar packages, but you also have to come to a realization that your knowledge is worth right. something. Right. And I have a lot of people that call me and they're like, hey, can you teach me how to use this camera? Or can you tell me how to start a podcast? And right. I'm like, yes, but I also have to get all my stuff done in a day to have three hours of my time is yeah. valuable. Right. And so I launched Swarm Society. And so that, I mean, that community is amazing. Mm -hmm. We have about 20 members so far. Um, and we have a Facebook group. We've got like prompts and whatever questions these women have, whether it's professional or personal, we go in the group, you know, we do little happy hours and then we have the actual workshops. So it, it was realizing like, hey, these, I'm, these things I can do, I just need to pivot. I need to think outside the box yeah. and figure out what services, how can I be a value? How can I be a service? How can I help people mm -hmm. with what they need? And so now a lot of the things that I'm working on is putting it out into the universe mm -hmm. and saying, I want these big city contracts. Mm -hmm. I want to work with brands that are bigger because one thing that a lot of people don't know is you can save a lot of money by hiring a consultant versus hiring a full-time person. Exactly. Contracting, Contracting out, is, out huge is huge for businesses. Right. And so that's, that's what I'm aiming for is, hey, you don't have to hire a full-time social media person. You can contract out, have a little bit of wiggle room, mm -hmm. and you're still getting what you need, and I still get what I need, mm -hmm. you know? And yeah. so I've really, and even now, I don't know what Social Butterfly Gal is going to look like because of the conference. Mm -hmm. You know, Hustle and Socialize is growing. Yeah, and it's going to be a monthly meetup, yeah. right? Or a monthly or a quarterly. So, so what we're doing is we're going to have signature events. So for 2018, it's only going to be for the people that attended the first one. And then starting in 2019, we're going to have events open to the public. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to have a Hustle and Socialize in the RGV. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to have Hustle and Socialize into a three-day conference here. Yeah. yeah. So you are taking this women empowerment movement to the Valley. We are. And that's it is so needed. exciting. It is. I mean, to really empower women who... We take living in San Antonio for granted yeah. and how many resources we have. Well, and I think, too, I was so ready to leave the Valley. I was like, peace out, y'all. I'm not, not coming back. Um, and it's funny because the parallel, Michelle ended up going back to the Valley. Um, and so I, I just knew that as a, as a kid, I, I was meant for more. And it's not a diss to my hometown, but it's just like, okay, well, I know there's more out there. Mm -hmm. And so now, being in the position that I'm at, I'm like, you know what, Michelle still lives down there. Why don't we take what we have and collaborate? And one of the hustlers that was at the conference, she works for Lift Fund in the Valley. Nice. And Lift Fund is our partner here in San Antonio for the conference. It's a great resource. It's a for really great resource for women. Mm -hmm. And so it was one of those things where like, you know, we could replicate this and have it be for our hometown so that women down there can know that mm -hmm. these things exist. And one thing that they really want to do in the Valley is they want to bring people from the outside. They want to bring people from San Antonio down there. Mm -hmm. um, and so we just felt like, you know what, if we're going to expand, because we really want to expand in different locations, but if the first location that we're going to expand is our home, mm -hmm. that's that's where we're born and raised, you know? Yeah. That's, that's where it molded us. It taught us what we needed to do, and we right. want to give back. 
Yeah. Well, I'm proud of you for saying that you're proud of yourself. I think that's a really hard thing to admit sometimes. It is. I'm still, I still feel like sometimes it's hard because I get so many people that are like, you are hustling and you're, you slay. And I'm like, girl, if you only knew like mm -hmm. what my head tells Life's me. Life's a mess behind the scenes. Yeah. I'm like, if you only knew what my head tells me, because like I still cry all the time. Like, We're all scared. Gonna... We're all afraid yeah. of what other people are thinking yeah. of us. And um, my one of my favorite quotes comes from Leslie Nope. Do you guys know Leslie Nope? Oh, Park, yes. Parks and Recreation. She says, um, I'm woman enough to admit that I inspire myself. Oh. I'm woman enough to admit that I inspire myself. So um, a few questions, and then we're going to take it from the audience. Okay. If you could have coffee with any celebrity, who would you get coffee with? Shonda Rhimes and Oprah. I'm so surprised you didn't say Britney Spears. I, I love Britney. Don't get me wrong. But Shonda Rhimes, like, hardcore Grey's Anatomy fan, um, her story, if you've ever read her book, Year of Yes, um, she was... Her book, Year of Yes, really inspired me to be a doer. Yeah. And she talks about being a doer and mm -hmm. not, you know, you, we always say we dream big, but mm -hmm. to be a doer. Um, and her story is just fantastic. And I just want to be, like, she's my role model. Yeah. <laughs> she is my role That's model. That's awesome. And, of course, Oprah. Who wouldn't want to have coffee with Oprah? She's like, on top of oh my, my list. She's also on my list to interview here. Yes, so if Oprah. you guys want to just, like, start tagging her right now, Yeah. thanks. Yes, yeah. that's in the suggestion box. Oprah. Uh, mission to get Oprah on the... Okay, so second question. Mm -hmm. When's the last time you were embarrassed? Oh, my gosh. Um, okay. So when we were doing our... When we were pitching to speakers for Hustle and Socialize... Okay, I have two. I actually have two. Okay. Okay, so when we were pitching speakers to Hustle and Socialize, um, we emailed... Uh, we emailed this person, right? And she's like fire. Like when I met her, I was like, holy moly, I really want to be around you. Um, so I created the graphic to introduce her on social media. Oh no. And it turns out that we accidentally put her wrong name. Like she uses her middle name and she wrote us back some feedback, but all feed, like feedback is good. Yeah. You want to have good feedback. Yeah. You, you need that feedback. So while I was embarrassed, um, because she kind of like, she went in this long like email and was like, your brand is, you know, everyone has a brand and you don't want to tarnish that brand. So it's really important that you ask before, um, before you put something out on social Ooh. media. And because I'm a social media like person, I was like, damn it. I should know. Yeah. And so I felt like you're only human at the right. same time. You're only human. And right. And then another one was, um, we have, I'm, I'm on the board of women in digital here in San Antonio. And we had a guest speaker who was the founder of women in digital. She came to San Antonio last week. Yeah, I saw the pictures. And I was like, Oh my God, Facebook lifetime. Right. I didn't get her permission to go Facebook live. Mm -hmm. And she like told me in the middle of Facebook live, like, stop recording and I felt so horrible because I was like I should have asked you yeah I should have asked you why mm -hmm. why am I that like I should have known mm -hmm. um but it's okay like she that's also a really good thing to point out too I think um in this digital age is like to always get people's permission yeah uh, we have a really open environment uh where I work and people come in all the time just instantly Facebook living mm -hmm. and I'm like whoa like we might be doing things that we don't want to be publicized or saying or things, saying things. Yeah. and I want to know when I'm representing my job and when right. I'm representing the podcast and like not that I'm doing anything radical when I'm not representing the right. job but like 
you want to make sure you have it turned on. And and I think too, it's, it is like, I am human and I do make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm learning all the time about social media and about how to go about it with clients. I mean, yeah. when I started managing clients, there's, um, I'm pretty sure you guys have heard of this restaurant called Urban Bricks Pizza. I was doing their social media and their hashtag is legalized marinara. Well, guess what? When you're scheduling on Twitter, autocorrect will change it to a different thing. Luckily, I caught that tweet before it went out. But I mean, one thing that I've learned in my career is like, you're, you're never perfect. You are always learning. And I think being around, one thing that I love about this year is that I'm being stretched in so many ways. I'm learning what delegation is. I'm yep. learning about leadership and how to be a better leader. Mm-hmm. I'm learning about... Um, do I, where do I, how do I want to grow Social Butterfly Gal? Do I want it to grow? Mm-hmm. Um, and admitting that sometimes I still make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard because I feel like on social, you have to look and seem like you're so great at what you do and you're so perfect. And I it's know. like, no, man, I forgot to ask this amazing woman if I could film her. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was a little embarrassing, but it was all okay. Like, yeah. it was okay. It was okay. Yeah. And it will be okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Questions from everybody. Um, if you want to take Rossi's mic, Rossi, if you want to... Um... Can I say something about Rossi, though? It's so funny. So I, like, stalked her for a while because... Okay, so when we were in this, like, interview process for SA Live back in 2014, I don't know if you, like, interviewed, but, like, I remember one time she looked at my LinkedIn, and I was like, who's this girl? Who's looking at my LinkedIn, right? And I... Um, I remember just watching her on like social media and I was like, I think she's going out for SA Live. I think she's going for it. You didn't get the job until like a year later. She I actually never, didn't I interview never, for I never, no? I never applied. And she came in when she interviewed, she came in with this very strict, I don't want to be on TV. Yeah? yeah like the she well, is not. So, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, no, yeah, I never applied, so I got a job, my first job was at the radio station, right. but I found out that, because, like, I interned with Daytime at 9, yeah, and yeah, Daytime yeah, at 9, there you and go. then SA Living, yeah. and um, I just, I loved lifestyle, and I knew I wanted to be a producer, like, that's what I knew I wanted to do, Yeah. and um, so when I found out KSAT, because I love KSAT, that's what I grew up watching, watching. Um, I followed them, I knew that they were hiring, but they weren't hiring for a producer. They were hiring for MMJs. And I was like, I don't want to apply for this. Um, so yeah, so I uh, I waited and I waited and I met, it's who you know, I met uh, the old um, rip anchor and um, I told him, hey, put in a good word for me, I want to apply. And so he did and I met Katie and yeah. I, I got the job. And so <laughs> I, like, I think we, I stalked you for a while and then I just followed you and I was like, hey. Um, oh, fun to follow. I don't know who, like, I don't know if you know me, but I really like your stuff and then we became like friends. We just friends, and then we just recently like finally met in person. person. What was it at the at the team building when you went yeah. in? Yeah, that was yeah. like the first time we actually met. Yeah. So that was really cool. Yeah, I love you, Christina. So I love you're so cool. Rossi. You're so cool. <laughs> you're like, so cool. Like I remember yeah, wa- like going on her LinkedIn, and I was like, damn, this girl, like she's pretty legit. She's a hustler. Yeah, she's a hustler. All right, who wants to be the first one? The first one's scariest. But do you want to come and ask? That way our podcast listeners will get to enjoy your question. I'm going to move right here. Yeah. Move. Which, shout out to the podcast listeners. Woo! I was planning on launching this and being like, well, no one's going to listen. I always listen to this every Monday morning. Oh, thanks, yeah. Christina. Like, no joke. Like, I really, like, because I listen to podcasts every morning and every Monday when you go, when you have a new one, I was like, okay, coffee. <laughs> coffee with Katie. All right. Give us your question, girlfriend. Hi. 
<laughs> okay, so my name is Nadia, and I've known Christina for a while yeah. uh, through Amike. Remember Michelle? Yes. Oh, so, oh. Uh, long story. That's another story. But I just want to know how you deal with uh, criticism, and especially being an entrepreneur and a female and Mexican, you know, Latina. Like, how do you how do you deal with it? Yeah, I surround myself with great people. Um, because I think it's hard to be on social media without, like, some criticism. I always get really scared sometimes when I post things because I'm like, ooh, should I say that? Or, um, like, you know, my body type. I'm a really tiny framed girl. And um, Are people outwardly mean about that? No. Actually, I don't know if it's because I'm authentic with the way I go about my life. Um, I've never really had someone say mean things, which is nice. Um, huh. And I'm going to knock on wood. But I think just like the criticism of, um, are you sure this is like what you, like, you know, like the naysayers um, mm -hmm. and, and having to, to tell to like, my family, not just my parents, but like my family still doesn't understand what I do. They're like, how do you make money? And I'm like, because I own my own business. Like, you know, <laughs> like, hello. Um, and so I just surround myself with positivity and surround myself with like, I meditate a lot and I journal a lot. And I have to understand, like, I'm a really, fa I'm, I'm a faith-based person. I, mm -hmm. you know, and so I have to really believe that God has a plan for me and understand that I'm doing his will. And I'm everything that I do, everything that I set out is what he wants for me to live out. And so it's hard because like with certain with certain girlfriends, I think girlfriends especially. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing that I really learned a lot was to surround yourself with women who are at that same level and who understand and who will cheer you, cheer you on during your successes. Because I've seen some women or some women in my life where I was doing the conference and no one shared anything. Like some of my friends, you know, no one shared anything. No one said congratulations. And that's when you know, you're not meant to be in my life. Okay. Like I think, and just knowing and accepting that because I feel like, I think one criticism I've always gotten and I would never change, like I'm never gonna change is during the TV interviews, right? it was, you're too mousy. Like, you know, like I, I look really young and um, like my hair was too long and some people, they will change. They will cut their hair to be on TV. They will be a little bit more manlier or they will fit into that box. And I was like, no, like this is who I am. You know, like if you can't, if you can't deal with it and kudos to, to uh, Katie too on the news. I mean, I've seen some of the things that people write and I'm just like, God, we live in a horrible world, you know? Mm -hmm. But I, one thing that I always told myself was I'm never gonna change for anybody. I'm just gonna be true to who I am. Yeah, and the only reason I ask is because of social media. Yeah. People are trolls. Very. I, mean, I mean, now there's a yes. name for it, right? Yeah, there's a so name. That's why. But yeah. thank you, thank you, yeah. that means a lot, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Haters gonna hate, ainers Wait. gonna ain't. I'm like Justin Timberlake, so it's like haters gonna say it's fake, but it's so real. <laughs> Filthy. That too. That too. That too. Ellie. Ellie. I love Ellie so much. Like I connected with her on social, and she's amazing. Say your name first. Yeah, go real close to the mic, though. I know it's weird. I'm Ellie. I work at KSAT. I'm a producer. Um, you mentioned that Christian like reached out first thing when you're like, I have this big project yeah. that you know you and your best friend had worked on for so long. How did you balance saying, I love that women are stepping out to support me versus taking it as, 
I'm just starting out and people already think I can't do it on my own because that's kind of where as a woman I struggle. Wow. Okay. That's so, good. so how did you not take it as why does she, what am I doing to, to visibly show her that I'm in need versus I have it all together and how did hmm. you, or did that not even cross yeah, your mind? That didn't even cross our minds to be honest. I think what we really wanted, the goal for it was to have a diverse group of women. That was the, the get go. That was what we wanted. And I knew because Prior, a lot of people don't know, but Hustle and Socialize was actually four of us. And then two of the women that we had a part of our team, they just, I don't think they wanted this conference that bad, or they had a different thing, they had a different thing in mind of what they wanted Hustle to be. And Michelle and I were always on, we were always on the same page. And so when we kind of had that come to Jesus moment where it was like, yo, you two gotta, you know, like you either gotta stay with us or we're still doing this. And when when they decided that, we knew like we had to go and we had to do this. And I think with Christian, I just, I've been her, I've been a fan of hers, I've been her friend that I was like, I, I don't even want, I don't, I just want you a part of it. Like, I just want you a part of it. And I think you have really valuable things to say. And as an African-American woman who is in San Antonio knocking on doors and making things happen for herself, I really admired that. And I was just like, it didn't come from a place of need. It was coming from, you have a story and I want you to share that. And I think people would love to hear you. And then it, it just kind of built off of that. So I don't think we ever thought like we're in need. It was amazing though to see women step up. And I think that's because a lot of women felt like this is something that was needed in San Antonio. And this was something, but that never really crossed our minds. I think it was just like, yo, we have someone in mind that we yeah. think is awesome. Are you thinking like infringing on to go back to your initial question, like when, when Christian reached out or anybody reached out, like you need my help, that kind of thing. Yeah. Because I, I, you know, in projects I'll work on, you know, mm -hmm. in personal or professional, I, I would believe that I'm like an independent person. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I want to do this on my own and I'm going to take charge. And so, um, I, I just, I guess, feedback on how to stay in, be an independent person and not, you know, you're an entrepreneur that you're independent by nature, yeah. mm -hmm. but also like you know, realize you seem to really embrace the fact that like you can be independent, you can do, play your own, you know, play your own game, create your own rules, mm -hmm. but you're never going to, you're never going to be able to do it alone. Yeah. So this is actually a moment in my business that I'm, that I'm going through right now with social media. So because of hustle and this organization that I'm in women in digital, I'm social media leads for both of those on top of Social Butterfly Gal. And what I'm learning is with Hustle, I took the reins for social media and I learned very quickly at that conference that I cannot do, like I'm great at social media, but I need a team. I cannot have, I cannot, it cannot just be me on day of doing social media. So for this coming year, like I'm having to learn what does that mean as a leader? I'm great at what I do, so maybe that is creating the strategy and having people that know how to do social media execute it. And I'm the leader and I'm managing a team. I've never had to manage a team before. I've never, even growing up as an only child, I was an only child. <laughs> I didn't have siblings, right? So I've always been independent. One thing that Michelle and I learned very quickly is we cannot, as much as we want to do everything on our own, we can't. Like her and I were, she was in charge of the website. She was in charge of uh, speakers. I was in charge of social media and sponsors. And we, we just, we can't do it on our own. So going into 2019, we're already building an advisory board for Hustle. We're already trying to see the women that were very connected to this. Okay, let's try to get them involved so that we have specific roles in place so that 
our conference can grow bigger and better. And so like for me personally, like it's a hard thing to learn because with social media, I feel like I'm the best. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know if like, I don't know if I can let someone be that. But I know like if I continue to get bigger clients, like my client that I recently got, it's gonna take a toll on me from January to April. And I'm going to have to be ready. And in that part, we're working on the conference starting in March and April. So I'm going to need that team. And it's just really like learning how to, how to delegate, mm -hmm. which is so hard. We're better it. together than we are alone. Same, um, uh, I'm not a business owner. Um, don't know if I ever will be. Um, <laughs> but I know people always make the comment, like when you're going to college, don't live with your best friend. Um, what advice would you have for women who want to start a business together without ruining their friendship um, and still having a successful business? That's a great question. That's a really great question. question. <laughs> um, yeah. Communication. It's like any relationship. Communication. Being very transparent with the goals that you're trying to accomplish. And know that I think what Michelle and I really we worked well together was because we've had we're on our 17th year of friendship so her and I we've seen each other since we were 10 years old grow and I have that trust that she will deliver and she has that trust in me that I will deliver and also like she has other projects and I have other projects and so it helps that that's not all she's doing. She runs a flea market and she like she has her own things, but it's just really like being um, truthful and communicating. Like there was one thing that she told me was, it, it was really difficult for her because no one knew who she was. Everyone, I was the face of hustle when we launched. No one, and I kept saying Michelle Vallejo, but no one knew who she was until that day. Mm -hmm. And so I've had to kind of, draw back and be like, I'm going to let her shine um, at the conference. I'm going to let her shine on social if she wants to post something on social media because she has she's a part of that brand. And so I think for us, it just works really well because we are very, we trust each other a lot. We just really yeah. trust each other. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. So I was really nervous about that. I was like, are you sure we want to go in business together? Like, <laughs> we had, you were my maid of honor and like, you're my sister. And she was like, that's what, that's the sisterhood. You know, that's, that's why we're doing this. Cause we are sisters. We believe in it. It's like cheetah girls. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. True. I love cheetah girls. Cheetah girls. <laughs> cheetah sister. Wait, what is the song? We're cheetah we're girls, girls. Cheetah, cheetah sisters. sisters. Okay. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Anybody else? I mean, we can also chit-chat yeah. off the podcast if you don't want to. Yeah. Have any questions? Anything. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> and what's your name? My name is Jessica. And one of the things, uh, again, touch almost diversity in the area. One of the things that was actually asked of me recently, which I'm going to propose to you because I didn't have a great answer for it, uh, there's been some discussion in my personal life about women that are in the LGBT community and also in the disabled community, that they don't feel like in some of this women's empowerment movement mm -hmm. that they have had the same interests expressed in them mm -hmm. as the standard, uh, you know, tall, leggy blondes <laughs> of the world, uh, or, you know, even just, you know, your standard average um, kind of preppy-esque mm -hmm. mm -hmm. straight female. And what do you think are some of the tools that people can use for networking when they don't necessarily 
feel that they've been empowered to be in those spaces mm. and in those conversations mm. with one another. That even though they have, you know, a great network of other female friends that are allies for their community, what have you, that they don't necessarily feel like they've been invited mm -hmm. into those conversations. Man, that's a, that's a tough. <laughs> you gave me a good one. Um, there was, I was listening to a podcast recently, uh, Jenna Kutcher. I don't know if you guys know her. Jenna Kutcher's amazing. But there was a, she was talking about that at, with another uh, female that she was interviewing. And one thing she had said was, we need to be aware of our own privilege. And we need to be aware of that. And what does that mean? Um, and I'm, I feel like even with the conference, we were just open. We never had, like, we never had any, like, we were just like, yeah, that person. Great. Like, you know, because we did have our speakers, some of our speakers, they were, again, African-American, Anglo, Hispanic, LGBTQ. We had that in our conference. I mean, and that was so important. And, you know, my husband, he works for a company that um, helps special needs children. And so, and, and there's a lot of things, too, that need to, to be changed and understand with that community. But I think really one thing is be aware and just be open to anything, you know? Like, I think that's what we our goal for the conference really was just to be open. I think inclusion has to be intentional too. Very, like mm -hmm. very. That, you know, from having two different media platforms, um, if I went with every single person that has reached out to me, I would not have anybody represented in those groups. I have had to go out and find those people um, because their stories deserve to be told too. Yeah. And it's, my responsibility having a platform like this to share those stories. I was telling Michelle, I mean, we saw the amount of women that were in the room. We were, it's growing. And the first thing that I said was, shoot, I feel pressured now. Like I feel all the pressure because now it's like you delivered the first round. So you got to make sure you deliver the second and you deliver the third because you don't want it just to be a trend. You don't want it to just be like riding on a wave of what's going on in society. You want this to be impactful and lasting. And I, I know that like one thing that I really wanted for, I mean, Michelle will speak for itself, but we just wanted a space that women feel empowered. Does anybody else have an answer to that question? <laughs> no, it's honestly a really great question. It is. And you know, like how, how do we work to include everybody all the time? like I had the brain dump moment. <laughs> no. I think if somebody presented you with that question, then you, you could turn it, or not turn it around, but like I agree with y'all. It takes, it's both sides here, but it's saying, well, um, that's, your, that's your opportunity to jump in and make that change. You know, you literally should be the change that you want to see and find that community and, and find the people that will support you and, and, and doing those things. But then also, like, asking them, well, how can I do that? How can I serve you better? Um, give, me, give me the feedback to improve um, and show me where I could have done something different or just open my eyes to something um, and, and do it with me. And let's do it together. Yeah, I think that's really great, too. Whenever you don't know something, to be like, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. And, um, yeah, like, and literally just asking you guys that. You know, like, I don't know if that's the right answer, but, yeah, yeah, yeah teach yeah. me. One of the things that was told to me recently was 
see if I can get the phrasing right. I didn't know what I didn't know until I didn't know it. Uh, and then you have the question of, well, now that you're aware of that, then how do you do that? But it's those interesting things of, okay, how do you facilitate those conversations and find those resources in the mm -hmm. area, especially in a place where, particularly involving the more of the LGBT uh, side of that coin, mm -hmm. that people still don't necessarily feel safe or they're not out in their work environments, what mm -hmm. have you. And, you know, an area that's still, even though we're flourishing and, you know, it's still a little bit more in that conservative tone. Yeah. I love the be the change you want to see in the world. And especially with Christina getting no, 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 no. I'm going to create that job for myself. And I would love to just have more people, no matter what their background is to say, I'm going to start saying yes to myself. I'm going to start saying yes for myself. I'm going to create an Instagram and start speaking out about it. I'm going to create a blog. I'm going to create a podcast and just start being that change. And this is a safe place. Yeah. So if anybody who's listening right now wants to share their story about that, yeah, you can come on to the podcast and do it. And I know Christina would probably love to yeah. tell you how to manage your social media if that's I, a platform you want to take on. I love building community. That's actually one of my little titles that I have. It's like social media consultant, online marketing expert, community builder. Mm -hmm. um, and I wanted definitely to like build community. And mm -hmm. even like when I got started with SBG, I knew I needed a community. Right. And so I'm a community builder. Yeah. Uh, does anybody else want to be a part of the podcast? We could keep chatting and kind of mingling, but if you want to be a part of the podcast, we can keep rolling. But yeah, Marcella, say your question, girl. We're gonna share Marcella's story too one day, yes. soon, hopefully. <laughs> so it's okay. Whenever I, well, my name is Marcella. I'm a fitness and lifestyle coach, and I actually reached out to Christina to be part of the social and hustle and socialize conference, and I'm here thinking, well, I'm going to be sharing fitness and health, but she comes like, okay, you can talk about business. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, but it was great because all this time, for the past two years, I've been wanting to start coaching other trainers how to start their own business. I've been running my own for three years, so I know that's a passion of mine to not just have my own fitness thing, but help other trainers have their own so we can even help more people, you know? Sometimes we're so caught up in just helping our own, our own tribe that we forget we can help others do the same. So thank you for having me Aww. there because I think that was my push to, okay, just go with it. Do just it. do it. So now I actually started a, a mastermind, which is a small group of, of women who want to start their own business, and I'm going to start meeting with them once a month, and... I guess my question is, you know, because everybody knows me as a fitness person and she's a fitness coach and she does this. So I'm going to start pivoting into, you know, also business and marketing training within trainers and fitness and women on how to start their own online business because that's what I'm doing. So when is the right time to say, you know what, I'm going this way. I know my social media is me and my brand, so I'm trying to do both. Yeah. But then it's like everybody's waiting for the next workout video or the next yeah. recipe. You know, like when do you, 
I guess. Put them Do you together. merge or keep them separate? <laughs> yeah. Is that what you're talking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like. Yeah. And then you've got another social media account to manage no I don't want to do (laughs) (laughs) so so for me that's kind of like what I did with so so, like I said social butterfly gal started as a blog and then I was getting invited to a lot of like these blogger influencer like meetups and for maybe a good like six months to a year I was blogger I was influencer and one of the things when I wanted when I got the LLC and I was transitioning into full like social media consulting I just quit cold turkey like I was like I can't be going I was very intentional about the events that I would go to because the thing that is so difficult with with me is I am sort of an influencer but I'm not an influencer so there's knowing that I am a person of influence, but I'm not an influencer where I'm, oh, here's 40% off like on my code, you know, or I'm not going and being a foodie. I'm a person of influence because I have a lot of knowledge and gifts to share. So what I started doing was I stopped going to these events and I was really scared because I was like, oh my gosh, but everyone knows me as like, I, I have all these connections and all these people and they know me and, um, I just stopped, and what I did was I positioned my content, I positioned my social media content, I was interviewing with podcasts of people in business, and then I was sharing my story so that people knew she's not just a blogger, she is an actual businesswoman, and I changed everything to where it was like I own a business, which I did, I have an LLC, right? So it's like I just stopped. Um, and just left that community behind and started my own community. So, I mean, one piece of advice is, like, if you know you want to transition to that, start pivoting your content. And if you lose followers, it's okay. You're going to gain the right followers. Like, I can't tell you, I've, I've, I have stopped, like, I stopped getting invited to a lot of, like, the foodie events. Like, I remember someone was like, how did you get in, how did you not get invited? And I'm like, because I don't do that anymore. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a foodie. I don't have a foodie a gram. Like, I have, I have a business where I give tips on social. And I started positioning my content as that. And then I would get asked, like, I would be like, just the way you did with Hustle, find those opportunities Mm -hmm. so that you could give your knowledge. And then you can say, like, right now I just said I'm looking for bigger social media contracts. Put it out into the universe. Because if you never say it out loud, no one's going to know, and they're always going to think that you do what you do. So it's like you have to say it. Because, like, I fully straight up say in my website I don't work with beginners. I don't. I work with, like, bigger brands that have the money to invest, that have that understand social media, um, that understand the value, and they want to grow. And so that that pivoting of, okay, what does my content look like? You know, maybe instead of doing five workout, you only do maybe one, and then try to transition into that next phase. It's, it's interesting. Like, it's really interesting. But it will work out. Like, it really will work out because that's exactly what happened in 20, I think it was like 2016, when I rebranded my website. Um, I, I still had my, my brand, but I completely, like, stopped. Like, every single piece of content was about, like, social media for business, not like, oh, I'm a blogger and I go here mm-hmm. and there, you know. So I just transitioned into that, and it worked. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> yeah. I believe in you. 
All right. Thank you, Christina. Thank you. So Where can much, people Katie. find you? You can find me on Instagram at the social butterfly gal and on my website, www.thesocialbutterflygal.net and on Twitter at Christina SBG. Thank you guys so much for coming. <gasps> Wait a minute. High five. Thank you to Christina and everyone who came out that day. I never would have thought this little idea of mine could grow so quickly in just a month. But with that being said, I have to make sure that I'm taking care of myself, my mental and physical health, and make sure I'm delivering 100% on all of my commitments. And that is why I've made the decision to take Coffee with Katie and Kick-Ass Women from a weekly podcast to a bi-weekly podcast. It's been quite a rush being able to bring you new content every Monday for the first six weeks, but I very quickly realized that quality is more important than quantity. I hope that y'all will understand this decision and continue to join me every other week for new content. Maybe one day I'll be able to pick it back up, but for now, this really is the best decision. That means our next episode will be released on Monday, August 20th. Until then, remember to say yes to yourself, support one another, and keep on kicking ass. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.